0: Sure uh, you know, I kind of begrudgingly respect just the dedication to not getting better at what you do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> just coast through life. It,
1: it probably
0: shouldn't even happen. Oh, anyway. If you
1: got it, you got to flaunt it, uh, acid. You know what? I
0: got a lot of stuff that I don't want to flaunt, so <laughs> I just keep it to myself.
1: Jeremy is really big into the used mattresses. I think that's excellent... He has
0: a used mattress store on the side.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to pull the pants down without the pants down cue.
0: And we found out that Anthony's friends are all 13-year-old (laughs) boys.
1: Clay, uh, how you doing? Doing a little more poorly after that terrible, terrible introduction. I was just fine, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Sci-Fi Gangsters. This is the show where we talk about science fiction, comic books, and video games, but really it's just an excuse for me to catch up with my friends and to meet interesting people. I'm Anthony our media scholar and person who will never play Red Light, Green Light ever again. I'll never do it. Not that I uh, was doing it a lot, but I'm definitely not going to play the game again, right? Very dangerous game, Red Light, Green Light. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about Squid Game, the the, 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 the hot, popular, international sensation um, Netflix series we'll be talking about that we'll be doing our squid game review um, of course before we begin you can always check us out on uh, on YouTube and we're streaming on Twitch and all that good stuff also you can check us out in podcast form on Spotify Apple all, all, the, all the places that you get your your podcasts if you don't want to look at our faces you rather listen to us in, in audio format you can most certainly do that like and subscribe and all that kind of good stuff but let's go ahead and introduce our panel that we have here first let's say series regular let's say let's say show regular uh, Lindsay Lindsay, how you doing?
2: I'm good I'm good still uh, working over at the vet office and God the people get crazy sometimes <laughs>
1: From what I understand about people with their animals people love their animals and they uh, act weird about their animals
2: uh, 100% I mean sometimes uh, sometimes it works in their favor. Sometimes not so much. Uh, if you get really like panicky about something really minor with your dog, and then you're like not listening to what we're telling you, it doesn't tend to work out for anybody involved. Uh, I, mean,
1: I see that being the case. Yes, yeah. but uh, it's good to have you on, Lindsay. Uh, and then up next, we'll introduce the rest of our panel here. Uh, Bloomer for the win. We've had you on several times, Bloomer. It's great to have you back. How you doing?
3: i'm doing really well always a pleasure to come back love hanging out with you guys love chatting about all the the different topics looking forward to today for sure and uh anyone who hasn't had the pleasure of getting to watch one of the the episodes that i was on before i am one of those crazy pet owners that lindsay was just talking about so you know when it comes to my dog coco all rational thought out
1: the window and
3: it's like (laughs) just listen to me (laughs) like
1: Very good. Of course, Bloomer, he loves his pets, and he owns all of the guitars. He owns uh, well, all of all, them. all of them, yeah. That's, you know, he owns every guitar. Every guitar is just hanging down in the background, or just whenever you just feel like jamming out. Who yeah. knows?
0: You never you know. You, never know. you never know.
1: Maybe you're in the mood for an acoustic. Maybe you're in the mood for, like, an electric. But you're set. Yes. <laughs> you're definitely set, but definitely good to have you back on, Bloomer. And, of course, recently promoted to producer of the show... A well-deserved promotion, uh, Acid Train. Acid, how you doing?
0: I'm good. Just want to flex a little bit here, you know, just sure. for the promotion. Uh, triple the pay, can't complain. Um, and apparently, I won't get shot
1: in this job. Uh, I guess we'll talk about that later, though. Uh, but doing well, doing well. Well, very good. Definitely good to have you back, Acid. Last uh, last week, I had to do it all by myself, and of course. Uh, we ended up just doing, I just ended up just uploading onto Spotify as a podcast form. Didn't want to really mess with go. the video format because I don't know much about that. Um, so <laughs> I definitely appreciate your role on this show, Acid. You're such an important part of sci fi gangsters. All right, very good. So once again, now that talking... you've gotten
0: your contractual obligations uh, <laughs> out of the way.
1: Yeah. That was kind of weird, right? It was like I was reading off a script. It's like, right, and so... you
0: are very. Important to us. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good, excellent. All right, so once again, we're talking about Squid Game. So, if you're a big, a big fan of the show, if you haven't seen the show, then you know spoilers are ahead. Uh, but first, uh, we we catch up first. That's what we do on this show. We catch up with our friends. The whole point. When I started this show, I said I wanted to use this show as an excuse to meet new people and to catch up with my friends, and that's what we're gonna do right now. So, uh, so for for me, what's new with me? Uh, recently, uh, obviously, I'm working on my prospectus, and but I'm teaching a lot of classes. One of the classes that I'm teaching that I'm really enjoying is my From Comics to Screen class, where we talk about comic book movie adaptation, whole lot of fun. And uh, more. most recently, we watched The Joker, because I wanted to talk about the representation of disability, right? And The Joker is a way that we can have sort of like this conversation about how disability is often depicted in uh, comic books. So you know, of course, I've seen the Joker countless times because I've written a couple papers on the film, and I, I decided to go ahead and watch it again for this class so we could talk about it. And I've come to the conclusion that it's not a good film. Like I think I'm, I've set, <laughs> I've settled on that. Uh, that I think that's my official, and and it has nothing to do with. It's I'm not saying it's bad performances because it's not. I'm not saying it was poorly directed, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like the. The message of the film is just not good. Like it's not a good depiction of disability for one thing, but also a lot of the narratives with with the gun uh, is is not is, is definitely problematic in a lot of areas. So we have we're having a discussion in class. Um, definitely interesting conversations from students. The funny thing about it is, out of all the conversations that we had about many of the films that we've watched, The Joker definitely generates the most conversation in the classroom. People want to talk about it. You know, they want they want to talk about sort of like you know walking phoenix's performance but they also want to talk about uh, some of the more you know controversial moments in in the film. And once again, I have no problem with I'm not one of those people that says like oh it's just gun violence. I, no, I'm talking about the how the gun is the center of his empowerment. And and I, and I feel that like that's actually a very problematic message in the film. And obviously it's depicting disability in a very negative way as well. Sort of like that, the negative stereotype of, dis, of the disabled uh, person being dangerous. And the Joker definitely perpetuates that. So we were talking about the Joker in class the other day. Once again, great discussion. So And then, of course, the next class we're talking about, because we had a whole section on representation. So we talked about the representation of race. We talked about representation of gender, sexuality, and then disability. And now we're moving on to pure adaptation theory. So we'll be watching Scott Pilgrim versus the world, right? And talking about remediation, a term that's very popular in the digital media world. Uh, but we'll be talking about that. So uh, that's, what, that's one thing. Uh, Bloomer, have you? Uh, what's your opinion on the Joker? Oh gosh, uh,
3: after that whole in-depth analysis, I'm like, yeah, I, I remember watching it. It was pretty cool. Yeah, like, I mean, oh no, this is putting me on the spot. Uh, no, I think a lot of what you said was it was interesting to hear from that perspective. I, I feel like I have to rewatch it almost that, with that in my mind, because I I don't have a, a strong opinion. I don't want to come off as uh, too ridiculous here when I say this, but because I, I get where you're coming from. And I feel like I probably if I rewatched it, I would I would see a lot more of those keys and those those major points that you're pointing out. But on the flip side, in my head, I'm like, I still remember the Joker from when I read comic books, when I was, you know, knee high. And it's funny, I guess it's just because mental health wasn't such a calm conversation back then. So I never really put it in that, that, uh, frame of mind, I suppose. I just look at, yeah, the Joker's he's the bad guy. He's the classic arch villain to Batman. Like you just, and this is his interesting story that showed how he got there. And yeah, you could tell there was a few things going on upstairs probably throughout the movie. And, uh, you know, it's, I think you, like I said, it would be interesting to rewatch you with, with what you actually said in the back of my mind going on. Because again, I, I don't think I looked at it that in-depthly.
1: Yeah, maybe I need to take, I want to take two steps back because this is something that I mentioned in my class as well. I completely understand if you read the Joker as sort of like this embracing who you really truly are, mm-hmm. right? So as sort of like this, Uh, So embracing your disability and being okay with that and sort of resisting how the world wants you to behave and sort of um, resisting and causing a revolution. And if you see that as empowering, more power to you. I can definitely see those narratives in the film as well. So it's not simply a bad film in terms of completely regressive narratives. I can definitely see how you as a potential audience member goes, you know what, I see the Joker as someone who's marginalized, and he's finally embracing that he's embracing who he really is and sort of resisting those sort of like oppressive society. I could definitely re- I, could, I definitely read those messages as well. Yeah, so, I, yeah, like I, I
3: said, I feel like I need to go back. Like now I'm like, where do I stand on this? Like, Let me, let me go back and watch it.
1: I have quite literally gone back and forth. Like I said, I've written two, I've written two papers on this. The thing about the Joker that fascinates me and I'm perhaps going to write another paper. There's a, there's a potential conference. that I think I'm going to present this paper to the thing that fascinates me about the Joker. And this will be the last thing I say, because we've been doing <laughs> way too much about this. Uh, the thing that fascinates me about the Joker is how you can have drastically different fan communities who embrace the Joker. So you can have sort of like these marginalized people who feel like they don't fit in with society and they see the Joker as sort of embracing who they truly are. But then also you have these white male angry dudes, incel culture kind of things. And it's fascinating how you can have those drastically different fan communities embrace the Joker. And why is that? What is it about the Joker? There's my research question for you. What is it about the character of the Joker that lends itself to these drastically different interpretations.
2: And that's the unfortunate, like my unfortunate experience with the Joker, like as a movie by itself, if I could like completely separate it from culture, it's an interesting movie to watch. It would not be like anywhere in like my favorite films because of the various things that, you know, issues that it does have. But the release of the Joker for me is so intertwined with like incel culture and the introduction of that that, and how they reacted to it when it came out, and before it even fully came out, when it was still like in review stage, that I cannot like the movie because when I watch the movie, every time I watch it, that's the only thing I think of because it became such like a, a stamp on the movie for months, and so it it's just this like really, really twisted thing. I want to like it because Batman's one of my favorite characters, and I think Joker is a fantastic villain for all of the weirdness of Joker, but. I can't like the movie.
1: Yeah, once again, this is way too much conversation with the Joker, but I, I 100% agree with you, but that, that's the thing, and Lindsay, you know this, you can't separate the film from culture. You can't. Mm-hmm. As much as we want to, you can't ignore that. And the mm-hmm. fact that Todd, is it Todd Phillips is the director? Yeah, I think so. Todd Phillips, he often rants about cancel culture, and that just, knowing that he rants about cancel culture and then has a film about this, it's just, it doesn't gel well. See, Which I got to tell you,
3: like, just to, to counterpoint everything here, what's great is for me, I'm not really a social media guy. I, it's ironic because I stream on Twitch. I, I do some YouTube from time to time. But I don't follow Twitter. I don't follow Instagram. I don't keep up to – I couldn't have told you in a million years who was the director. I would have been like, I don't know, um, like, the, who's the director even? Like, I, I that <laughs> out of things. Like, I Spielberg. do not pay attention. Yeah, like, Spielberg. <laughs> it's, I, he does everything. Like, that's where I'm at. So I never had even truthfully heard that there was like this incel culture within the Joker. So that's that's actually news to me. And I I mean, I know about the incel culture, not a big fan, but I'm just (laughs) saying like I would never have even in my head put those two together. So that never took away from my enjoyment of the Mm -hmm. movie, which is it's so interesting to hear you saying that, Lindsay, when you're like, oh, I can't separate it and i totally can understand that as soon as you've been presented that it's in your face and like you see it and you just go oh my god i see this so over and over but because i had never had that exposure to it just because whatever it was i never i guess i didn't browse reddit during that time or you know what i mean like i just never had the exposure to it and i never even would have put that together on my own
1: yeah there's definitely some good points and you know as when i always tell my students when they if they if they defend the, the movie and everything i'm like you know that's great that's fine i don't want to say that you're wrong right it's just that this is these are the things that i'm picking up on and uh perhaps we can have a conversation about it right mm-hmm. fantastic there you go that's our joker conversation and so once again i've written two papers on the joker and i'm probably gonna write a third <laughs> uh so let's go ahead and move on to Lindsay. Lindsay, what's new
2: uh not much really uh it's just been me trying to keep up desperately with like what tv is going on even though there's like not a lot of tv going on it also seems like all the things that i watch is going on at the same time um and so like there's been a whole bunch of seasons finales which is also very weird uh because this is 100 pandemic product because season finales are not supposed to be happening in october um and so like i've been surprised by every single one of them and then Uh, very mad about if you i don't know if you watch titans at all but titans don't say anything
1: don't say anything i'm currently watching it
2: well are you What have you watched part of season three at the very least
1: no i have not
2: Mm -hmm. let me just say like it's not spoil spoil i promise but like jason todd is one of my favorite characters
1: yeah i I realize that he becomes the red hood that's already yeah
2: but the the thing about it let me do my mini rant here <laughs> um, the thing about it is jason todd in the comic books is kind of known as the asshole robin that's his thing but when he becomes red hood there's some more intricate intricacies that get thrown onto him and he becomes more interesting um at least for me and it feels like with titans they just took the asshole Robin and run, ran with it, and that's like the only thing that's his defining characteristic throughout his entire uh, existence on this show. And for a lot of people that are not comic book fans that read the comic books, this is their first, one of their first exposures to Jason Todd. So them experiencing Jason Todd as just this asshole is so depressing to me because it's like there's a lot more going on. And so I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that could potentially be fans of Jason Todd. However, he just will turn them off so fast because of his run on the show that they're never going to want to go like read anything about him or like learn more about him. And so it's just it's really this like heartbreaking thing to me of like one of my favorite characters is finally getting screen time and they're just messing him up so bad uh not anything against the actor the actor's doing good all the actors on that show are doing the best they can it's just i think some of the writing choices that they're making to create the specific universe that they're building with titans um in some ways it's that like the shorter season runtimes you have with hbo but also the downside of, like, the obsessive need for nitty-gritty realism all the time. Uh, When you're talking about comic books, even the nitty-gritty, quote, realistic comic books do comic book shit sometimes, and they're not allowing themselves to do that in the shows. And so it's just... I'm a Bat family person. I like all of the, like, Robins and everything, and Titans. I I don't think I'm going to make it to season four, because I just... They're messing it all up.
1: Yeah, so I've been watching Titans with Linda, and she's been surprisingly enjoying the show, but the show is very uh, graphic. So I can't watch it with my kids, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of F-words in it, too. Like, a lot. Like, way Mm. more than necessary in a lot of ways. Like, at, at some point, like, it feels like a high school performance. Like, just like... We're gonna say f word all the time just to make it seem awesome and and, and hip. Um, that's
2: the joy of like it started off as a streaming show and then it's still kind of a streaming show with it being on HBO. So I feel like with the the DC universe whatever their streaming was before they got like shifted over to HBO, uh, they were trying to like pull off some HBO premiere channel type things and. Yeah, You just know from, like, you know, or the the old stereotype at the very least is all your premiere channels, everything that's behind a paywall is going to be full of nudity and full of cuss words all the time, and that's what makes people attracted to it, supposedly. Uh, part of the reason why they butchered the last season of Game of Thrones, but we're not going to go there. Um,
3: that's all I was thinking this whole time while you were talking with the bad, ray. Right? I'm like, welcome to the Game of Thrones world, <laughs> you know? Season yeah. six, season seven, <laughs> ha ha.
2: Yeah, I... Okay, and just as another thing, side rant, uh, can we just appreciate that we know that they messed up Game of Thrones so bad that it went from one of, like, the most popular shows and they just dropped the trailer for the spinoff and nobody has talked about it. Mm. Like, they dropped the trailer and nobody cares. Like, all the Game of Thrones fans don't want to, like, even try anymore. So, like, I predict for me prediction for the future first couple of episodes will get some traction just out of curiosity It's not going to go anywhere because they've they've burned too many people too bad
1: yeah and uh, i've read most of the books i actually stopped reading it because i became frustrated with george rr R. martin like i became frustrated with his writing style like i just didn't i like i i don't want to say he's overrated because he's not he's a talented writer but he plays with his audiences way too much for my liking.
2: You like can he tell us
1: with us too much.
2: You can tell us the books go on that he gets more and more pompous about his, like he knows he's getting more and more popular. And like, that's why we're never going to get, uh, we're never going to get a, um, like final books he's gonna die before the last books come out and somebody's just gonna have to like put all of his stuff together and like ghost write it and publish it
3: yeah 100 percent. he's done writing he's a man who likes to uh, drink smoke and he has a lot of money you know Mm -hmm. i mean like when every monday morning when the rest of us wake up so does he three hours later and he slips into a nice comfortable robe before sipping on his his, whatever he's (laughs) drinking for the day i don't think there's a lot of time in his world where he's like you know what I'm gonna put in a solid 12 hour day today. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm guessing, you know. I agree with that.
1: All right, Bloomer, we'll move on to you. What's new?
3: Oh my goodness, what isn't new? Just life is so wild.
1: No, okay. Oh,
3: wow. Uh there's nothing. I'm in Canada. There's nothing that happens here. <laughs> um right now I'm so this is both the most embarrassing thing to admit, but also kind of awesome. Is I've just started to re-watch the OC. If any of you saw The O.C., thank you, Lindsay, for laughing along with me. That show is so, like, okay, I watched it when I was probably, you know, a teenager, what you're meant to be when you're watching it. And it was like, oh, this is, like, drama, and this is good stuff. I'm watching it now, and it holds up absolutely as drama, but it's, like, the cheesiest, most obviously written, like, they, they imply something like, oh, this might happen. And you're like, oh, foreshadow. And then, like, the next scene, the actor or actress is literally saying like this is what you should have gathered from the last scene <laughs> and it's just like oh man this is this is kind of rough it's it's amazing don't get me wrong strong recommend anyone who hasn't seen it like go watch this it is fantastic but it's also <laughs> terrible like absolutely god awful
1: and I, I'm loving every minute of it right now fantastic catching up on the OC I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen I don't think I've seen a single episode of this so here's a quote trivia question or not trivia question but here's a question is the OC the one with that famous scene where it's like ooh what you say where someone gets shot in the back there's um, a difference
3: sh- so oh man I'm trying to remember OC or- I'll be honest like so OC has like the theme song the that song California by I blanky on who it's by right now but it's just like the whole california and it's just like it's so good the theme that alone brings me back to the uh, the show that i'm like all right this is worth my time it's it's kind of like almost buffy the vampire slayer for me same sort of eye <laughs> that it's like campy it's cheesy you know what you're getting you're not exactly gonna be but it was great it's so good like buffy was years ahead of its time it was if it came out In the vampire craze, that show would have been even 10 times more popular. And it was still really popular. But the OC is along the same vein of, like, that audience. Just a lot more dramatic. And it's all about, you know, Orange County, uh, this super rich area in California. And, like, the crazy dramatic lives they, they all live. And it's just... It's again. It's terrible and I love it and I strongly recommend it. Absolutely.
2: It's like the the fiction like CW type version of like the yeah. Hills like reality show that used to Exactly. Like, peak early 2000s. Yeah, <laughs>
3: totally. Totally. But it's great. And like I said, I'm uh, I never actually watched all the seasons before. I think I watched the first two, maybe even the third. I don't remember. So I'm as I'm re-watching it, I'm kinda like, okay, I sort of remember what happens. Ooh, did this happen? Is this like a figment of my mind? so, anyways, it's been good. And uh, I'm only a few episodes in. I think I'm on episode five or something now. And oh man, I'm just loving it. Like that's that's
1: probably when we're done here. I'm like back to the OC. oh <laughs> <laughs> right, well, very good. So Blue recommends the OC Ask, What's new with you? Hmm. Not a lot. Uh, Everybody's
0: watching all these old shows. I actually picked up Seinfeld again. Okay. How Uh, are you finding that holds up? uh, Early Seinfeld is stupid.
2: That's okay.
0: I'm still in season one. So Later uh, on, you know how the format was, you know, Jerry's... Intro, he'd have his stand-up thing, and then it would go into the show, and then it would be the show, and then it would be over. Well, season one, it's Jerry doing stand-up, a little bit of the show, Jerry doing more stand-up, a little bit more of the show, Jerry doing more like the format was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like the storylines are I mean, they're about nothing, so they still hold up. But some of them are just the way technology is now, like all that technology, all those stories, like phones and the stuff. Yeah. That like, all that's just like, oh, yeah, I remember pay phones.
3: That's <laughs> I remember those. It's, it's the reason I was asking is because of the fact that when I was young, I remember it was the show that my dad watched. I was like, this is stupid. I don't get it. Then I watched it when I was like 18, 19. And I thought it was hilarious. I was like, this show is genius. I can't believe I didn't understand yeah. it when I was young. Then I tried to rewatch it at some point during the whole pandemic, like maybe a year and a half ago or something now, I watched like three episodes. I was like, this is terrible. Like, this is awful. I I couldn't watch it.
0: It's so bad. I, and I stopped. None of them, like I've I've never watched Seinfeld from start to finish as far as the whole series is concerned. Like, yeah. cause my parents watched it, you know, kinda like my parents watched it. They loved it it was funny for them. I'd watch it every once in a while. But from what I can remember, they don't age at all during the entire, was it, 14, 15 seasons, however many seasons it is, like none of them. Like not a gray hair. Not, they may have gained a little more weight, but they did not age at all. They still sound the same. They still have the same laughs. They still have the same stupid joke. Like it's just, and it's not a bad show. It's just, it's not a good one.
3: Yeah, Yeah, you know that makes sense. There's there's certain bands that I listen to that I like listened to in the '90s. I was like, oh man, these guys hold up; they're so good. And then there's bands that I listen to, and I go, how did I ever listen to this and think this is good? Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at with Seinfeld. And maybe if I watched more, I I change my opinion. But right now, I was like, I couldn't.
0: Like like certain Seinfeld episodes. Work like you know, kind of like the musicians back in the day had, that had like the one hit wonders, right? Yeah, yeah, that are still good. Like, there are episodes of Seinfeld that are absolutely hilarious, but they're one in a million. You know, it's like, oh, that was a great episode, like you know, like the episode where they all are like fighting or not fighting, but just like contemplating and and nagging each other about how to eat a candy bar like that was a funny episode like one even eats it with a fork and a knife and the other one eats it just straight up i mean it was just it was a great episode but yeah so that's all that's new with me
1: seinfeld Uh, very good so (laughs) uh we have bloomer (laughs) catching up on oc Lindsay's uh hating on the uh titans and acid hates seinfeld so there you go. We were wrapped up. Oh, and I hate the Joker. Apparently, so it turns
3: out television episode. and pop culture is a lot more important to all of us than I ever realized. Because that's like, what's new. Well, this is what I'm watching. well <laughs> I've, Honestly,
0: I've been trying to find a place where I can watch Buffy again because I loved that.
3: Yeah, I, love
0: um, Buffy. I can't find it anywhere.
3: It's it's tough actually. It used I, to be
0: on Netflix,
3: and I I've a, a I have a friend Netflix. who. Uh, told me there's a way i could watch it we'll talk we'll talk later oh,
1: okay. <laughs> well there you go excellent this episode is so sponsored by nordvpn <laughs> <laughs> there you go so uh let's go ahead and start our our, our, our little review of the squid game right squid so this game. is how we're gonna do this. this is how we're gonna organize this particular discussion we'll pick one thing oh so we'll have a total of three things that we want to talk about right so we can We'll pick the three things. It could be three things that you liked, three things you didn't like. Maybe you can kind of mix and match. And then you, know, you can kind of talk a little bit. If anyone wants to sort of add on to it, you can. So that's how we'll organize it. So I'll go ahead and begin with my review of the Squid Games. All right, so this show I really enjoyed. Like, I, I, re- like I really, really enjoyed. And, of course, you could point to... The violence, you could point to the games and all that kind of stuff. But what I really enjoyed, because I'm always a big fan of this, is the social commentary. I thought it was a great way of sort of discussing sort of like the the, the way that certain people are pushed to a certain degree to where it's all or nothing. Like they don't have anything left. So where do they have to? I mean, you can kind of make the analogy of the lottery or like going all in because you have nothing else to do. You have nothing else to lose. So you might as well risk your life to win a game. And it also has a lot to like, we can have conversations about gamification and we could talk about ludification if we want to as well. So gamification is the theory that um, our culture is becoming far more gamified, but usually with gamification, it's usually like industrial forces that are forcing us to do this through, you know, but by trying to increase profits. So it's an, it's an exploit of, way of increasing profits is by making it a game. I mean, of course, we can all point to how these elements are you know, in our everyday lives. From my son who comes home every day with a, and I can look in his app and I, and I can see his score that he got from school, which is a thing, right? My son gets a score every day for how he behaved in school, right? So I mean, our, our whole culture itself has been gamified. And yes, we can sort of pinpoint the industrial forces and everything. But I would argue as someone who uses play theory in a lot of my study is that we want things to be gamified. Like it's not necessarily something that's forced upon us, but we want to, we want it. We want to have fun. And this, that's why ludification is such a better term uh, in terms of like how everything is becoming more playful in terms of how we communicate with each other is more uh, playful through memes and retweets and that sort of thing. Like social media is far more playful. Uh, how we interact with politics is far more playful. Like it shows. So this really is sort of like a case study in like sort of the ludification of culture. And we could have larger conversations about you know the the class system, and we could talk about you know the rich exploiting the poor, and how you know obviously. Uh, the honest trailers joke that i thought was pretty funny is that this is essentially uh the combination of parasite and fortnite <laughs> <laughs> that's what essentially what this is in a lot of ways and of course parasite has been praised for its uh, social commentary as well i would argue that in in parasite the parasite is american culture or america's, america's influence on korea now, that's always been my argument when it comes to what is the parasite in parasite uh but anyways moving on so yeah so obviously we can have larger conversations about sort of gamification in our culture ludification uh in ways uh that are far more interesting so i'll go ahead and stop i'll start with there that would be my number one okay well those are good (laughs) not to be confused Um,
0: with ludicrissification yeah that's
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm like how different can so I get away with
3: typing in the these theory, words to dictionary.com real quick? Just really while
1: we're doing <laughs> this. R-U-D. All, right. Okay. all right. So uh very good. All right. So let's go ahead and go to Lindsay. What's your what's one thing you want to talk about?
2: Why why you gotta call them me next while I'm still PC because you forget, I'm the one that like studied all the exact same shit you did. <laughs> yep. So yep. I'm still like trying to parse together my Would thoughts you let me go to Bloomer first saying? and
1: give you a chance to think?
2: No, because then I'm just going to end up arguing, and then it's going to all be about your point. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think for me, one of the interesting things, and this is, I guess, leaning back into my horror focus when I was in in, in grad school, um, is there's something really unique. And I think it's the reason that a lot of people have like attached. There's like, I think two main reasons, but one of the main reasons that people have attached to the show is the use of the children's games. Um, Mm -hmm. And there is something really interesting about taking a children's game and turning it horrific um, because that's essentially what they do. Uh, Everything except for kind of the glass bridge. I don't think the glass bridge is 100% based on any children's game. Um, That's a good question.
1: Yeah, I I can't think of a yeah.
2: Because they 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 explain all of the children's game like rules for all of the other ones except for the glass bridge, Um, but maybe like hopscotch or something uh, closest I could think of.
1: Quick side note, before before you go, Lindsay, why didn't they just jump on the edges where the thing was of the glass? You jump, you land on the edges where the rail is. And you're not gonna break the glass because you're putting the pressure on the rails. Go ahead, Lindsay.
0: Because that doesn't make good content, Anthony.
1: That's true. Very true.
2: Um, but there, there's something interesting about this like horrifying turn in these games. And I think is part of the reason people get really attracted to the show. Because when you think through like horror theory, one of the the many types of monsters or explanations for why something turns horrific is when you take something that's supposed to be innocent and uh, good and it's secretly evil so think of like you know um the uh antichrist or something like that that's supposed to be this innocent little baby and it's really this like ultra powerful demon that's going to end the world um
3: anytime there's any like children in a, a horror movie you're instantly just like oh you're the scary one yeah you're yeah, the weird yeah. one i can yeah. tell or like when, the children's dolls and stuff like that are no terrifying gosh terrifying part, in movies
2: part of the argument for why children in particular are scary is because it's uh they are inherently here to replace you they are inherently here for you to die uh once you have a child guess what you're no longer needed your generations and your blood Trust is me, as a
1: father i can <laughs> i can vouch for that
2: um so there's something horrifying about children but there's something even more of like almost like a potential corruption of your memories and stuff Of, like, I I played red light, green light when I was a kid. And to think back to it as, like, with this in the back of my mind now, it fundamentally alters that memory in some ways of, like, this could be really sketchy. And then, of course, uh, there's also some interest as well of uh, it being both a fundamentally uniting thing and a fundamentally dividing thing of, This just shows, like, uh, pretty much everybody has some version of these games. Maybe not these exact games and these exact uh, rules, but something similar enough that you can compare. And yet, it is being used to brutally murder and mutilate people and turn people against each other. So this thing that around the world, everybody knows how to play these things or can learn within three minutes is also just turning. And so it's, it's this really... There's some. There's going to be like five million papers about it, I'm sure, uh, in, in like media journals within the next like two years, uh, about the horrifying nature of children's games being used in this manner.
0: It's kind of like Survivor, only instead of on the island, you're inside the island. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's basically that what true? it
1: is. Yeah, very good. I I, I agree with that uh, assessment, Lindsay. It, it the, reminds me of the concept of the the, the or the uncanny, something that is familiar, but eerily not familiar, right? This is what Freud talks about. And we could use psychoanalysis to talk about the use of children games.
2: God, I hate analysis so much.
1: Of, uh, oh yeah, me too, 100%. I'm tired of Freud. <laughs> uh, and once again, I'll say it. Uh, for the longest time, I've always said this. For the longest time, I never understood if I was just never smart enough to understand psychoanalysis or it's just not, doesn't make any sense. And I've come to the conclusion that it just doesn't make any sense. All right, so we'll go ahead and go to Bloomer. What's one thing uh, that you enjoyed or didn't enjoy about the Squid Game?
3: So I'll be honest, there's a lot, and like my, my thought process kind of branches really quickly on this. There's so many broad topics I do want to kind of talk about because I haven't really talked much about the Squid Games with people. So all my thoughts, I'd love to get them out. But to, to try and narrow it down a little, let me start by saying I really enjoyed the show on the whole. I actually found it super entertaining. Uh, I want to talk with the subs versus dubs with everyone if we had a chance as well, because that's, uh, to me, I mean, I know it touched base on it with you, Anthony Pryor. And uh, I think, you know, because we have different experiences with it, I think we can, uh, we can discuss that for sure. But I'd like to, before that, I, I just want to comment on the fact that it kind of, even though I understand that this people from like whatever, and they're uh, they're just thrown in this really crazy situation and they they didn't really know how to react to it. One of the things I always thought was kind of strange about it is that they didn't, they, they ended up making groups, right? And they'd be like, we're going to battle against these guys at night and we're going to try and eliminate them and this, that, the other thing. Did no one realize that it never said only one person can win? So as many people as around were possible, and think about it, there were multiple games that they had where it was a 50% elimination rate. So look at like the Marbles game, look at uh, what was another one that was the 50%? uh, Oh gosh, I'm blanking right now. Tug of War. Tug of Um, War, thank you. That's exactly right, Lindsay. Uh, So these games where if you have more people around, you have more shields, your percentage of surviving goes up. So there was a lot of times where I was like, I don't understand, even though maybe oh it brings up the money just a little bit but at some point they maybe it's because they're greedy whatever they didn't think it through but at some point the amount of money you were going to earn no matter what was going to eliminate your problems you were going to be in a good spot so as opposed to being like hey now let me slit my my neighbor's throat in order to get you know an extra whatever it was how many million uh Korean dollars it was that i we all did the conversion right it was like eighty thousand dollars or something american per ref so instead of getting that extra eighty thousand realizing that that's a person that ups my percentage of living through the next game by you know insert five percent here or whatever how did no one think this through i mean it made no sense to me that why are they all trying to kill each other be friendly for a
2: minute guys there's actually some person (laughs) there's actually some person on youtube i forget who i I just randomly came across the video the other day and watched like half of it that did the math that was like here's how here's how many people could have survived and everybody still would have had more than enough money and it would have like upped your percentage because like the, the in the like glass bridge or something. he started doing calculations and stuff of like percentage like rate of survival and was like something like three thousand, thirty thousand, something like that. Yeah. and it's like if you'd actually if people actually thought through it and did exactly what you were talking about, then it would have been by the end something like 20, 30 people could have like survived had more than enough money each and like their rate of survival would be like one in like 400 or 500 rather than yeah. like one in 3,000. Yeah, And it, it's just-
3: I'm glad I mean, that that was where you went with this. I was so worried cause I'm not really a math person. Surprise guys. uh Is that I was like, oh God, if Lindsay tells me why I'm wrong here I'm gonna look so stupid. But no, I'm glad that's cause that's what I thought. I was like mathematically speaking it was in your better interest to keep people alive. It's like in a reality oh, yeah. show. You don't want to vote off your your like the, the strongest competitor always because a lot of the time they're your shield. You keep like you're just behind them. You know, it's like the glass bridge one. You've got someone ahead of you still. Like go ahead. I think it's the left one. Go ahead, mm-hmm. try it out. Oh, see, told oh. you. Try left again.
1: You know. I think yeah. I, I think that's a great question. If I can get a little bit deep here, I think what the so one of one of the things that I found very interesting about the the show is that. Whenever you're watching, it, you're like, why aren't you guys just teaming up against this one a-hole? Like, clearly, <laughs> this guy is, like, disrupting the flow and making things dangerous when they don't need to be dangerous. Like, he's making them more dangerous. So why don't you just all gang up on them, right? So you're, you're kind of having these conversations in your head. But then I'm thinking to myself, isn't this kind of the point of the show is to show how we as a society, not just – not just in American culture, but like Western capitalistic culture that we're constantly taught to be self-interested. We're constantly taught to be hyper individualistic, right? Where it's about my success has everything to do with how, how far I'm willing to step on others. And, and then that's what the squid game is, right? It's, it's this, this idea that you're being forced, you're being forced to, break up your alliances. I mean, the marble game is the perfect example of this where they, get, they got tricked, right? That's, I mean, I, I, when I was watching the show, I got tricked too. Like I was like, oh crap, you know? And I probably mm-hmm. would have done the same thing if I was in the game. I would have picked, you know, who knows, I could have, I picked like one of my best friends and then now we're competing to kill each other. I mean, so I, I find it fascinating where it's sort of like this analogy of sort of neoliberalism, if we're going to use a big term, right? Of uh, this idea of rather than being community centered, which, you know, uh, we are hyper individualistic where we're far more concerned with our own self-interest than we are of of sort of protecting the herd, right? And and a lot of that has to do with capitalism, right? It has to do with America's influence around the world, right? So Korea is a great example of the United States influence in a Western, I'm sorry, in an Eastern country, which uh, usually has more of a community mindset and how the United States' influence of hyper-individualism is sort of tainted. I mean, we're kind of getting a little bit, we're getting a little bit deeper here in, in, in my interpretation. But I mean, that's what, I think, to my opinion, that's what Parasite is about. Um, but so, once again, I think this has a lot to do with, Lindsay, don't give me that face. This has <laughs> a lot to do with, uh, you give me that face that a lot of my students give me in that is you're reading way too much of this. But I think uh, one No, thing we, this
2: is me disagreeing with you. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh yeah, go ahead, please tell me.
2: Because there is there is a need to talk about American influence in South Korea beyond a doubt, and Western influence on the East beyond a doubt, because that's where you, the type of capitalism that gets inserted into it um, is a Western concept for the most part. However, this show is one hundred percent a critique of. South Korean capitalism okay, which is fair enough. actually very different in a lot of ways than American capitalism um, so there is a touch of it because of just capitalism around the world functioning in the very base level the same but there's some details that they throw in uh, that are really unique to South Korea that become really important for why things pan out the way they do
1: yeah fair enough I can buy that I buy that argument 100% Fantastic. All right, good. All right, so where are we at?
2: (laughs) Acid.
1: Okay, so now, Acid, we're moving on to you. What's one thing that you enjoyed about or didn't enjoy about Squid Game? Okay, so I'm going to keep this
0: simple. I went in to this show. In the back of my mind, I thought, this is a show, and it is created for my entertainment and nothing else, right? I'm just going to look at it like that, Y'all have dug so many holes into whatever you're digging them into, and I'm not gonna step in one of them. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> fair enough. Hey, this is what we're trained to do, Asin. I know. Over-
0: y'all are overthinking way too much i'm like dude it's a show it's, it's I, entertainment let's and enjoy at the it, end of the day the, you're 100
3: percent right though acid that like every time it's like but wait why would they have done this well because that's how it creates content bloomer oh yeah, okay it, like, it creates you content. have to understand <laughs> i'm not very good at creating content on my own acid so it's me hard either. for me to recognize it you know which is so. why
0: yeah which is why i'm still on my 10 year stretch to becoming a twitch partner yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gonna happen one day i've got like five years to go uh, yeah um, now. it's gonna any just day flip now. The switch. Yeah. Um, so this is what I wanted. I wanted. I needed a few more episodes, um, just because I kind of wanted either a backstory or some more information on the VIPs. I, I, I mean, all there, all there were just oh, these VIPs. Season are coming. two,
3: my friend. Season. And two. I was
0: like, who are these guys? Why are these guys here? Where, where is their money coming from? Why do I care about these people? Like, I get that they were there. And that they were funding all this, and that they were, it was for their entertainment. But I'm like, okay, well, that's great. Who are you? <laughs> you know, like, why do I, why do I give a rip about who you are? Um, so I needed, I needed more information, like even, even one episode, like a VIP episode, just to kind of give me like a, all right, well, this guy owns this business, or this guy's a political guy, or, this guy's, you know, just kind of give me a. Who in the world are you?
3: So, yeah, because what's what's the reason behind this whole funding? This massive, like, yeah. secret hidden island oh with my,
0: where, where are you billions all your of
3: dollars. They have how many people working for them they just the costume budget alone to buy all those masks right. be, I know. Like, those were, and they've got to be pure gold right with like, laced with a, like weirdly. little diamond inserts yeah but for them really to be funding this, this whole thing like this is this is a lot of money so what's how come are they making money back somehow yeah, the betting where's system? The, yeah where's the return like yeah, yeah there's gotta the be you don't get to be that rich by throwing your money away you just don't like I want it to be like Once
2: you're that rich. You can throw your money away. and You don't expect it to come back, though. I think that's part of the point.
3: I, like, I mean, maybe, a... maybe. But I, I got to tell you, I have never heard a billionaire say, you know what, guys? That's enough. Thank you.
0: <laughs> you're right, like, you're I got to be so honest. Much.
3: They I forget. Was it? Uh, oh, man, I forget who it was. But the one guy on like Dragon's Den or Shark Tank or whatever, he said he's like it. He's like the fifth or the tenth richest guy on the planet. And sometimes he's sitting there by himself and he thinks there's nine people richer than me. And he gets like angry about that. So, I mean, I don't know. You're right. I'm sure. Listen, if I have $20 to my name, I'm going out to McDonald's. So like, you know, like, I mean, I am not the one to not throw my money away, but there, it's a different personality type. If you're that sort of rich, like they want to see that number go up. So in theory, I would imagine they have to have some sort of return on this. Now
0: I I did notice they were betting on mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Like I got like I got the gambling part. And, and maybe that's all it is. And I mean who knows? Maybe when each of the contestants signed away their their right maybe they left the insurance policies on themselves to these gentlemen, you know. <laughs> I
1: mean I it's, know. A, it's a it's 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 a fetishization of, of power. Like it's this idea of I'm simply I'm powerful and I can do this and I can control human people and and just being able to, yeah. you know, Get, get off essentially right uh, on on yeah. that
0: I mean and it showed because they were all very arrogant and you know very
1: They're disrespectful
0: even to each as other furniture yeah yeah using humans as furniture I mean it was just it was very oh, I am the king and you will obey me you know of course they can't all be the king so you know I guess whoever won the bet became king for a day or so I don't know whatever it <laughs> <I> was <came.
1: laughs>
0: so yeah so I guess yeah my, my main first point would be give me more info <laughs> On the VIPs.
1: Yeah, it was funny because I was watching the show. It, it, you're about three episodes in. And you're thinking to yourself like you're trying to think about it logically, and you're like, "What's the point of the game? Like, what what are the what are the game masters getting from this?" Mm-hmm. Because, uh, obviously, you understand like the people who are taking the body parts. They're making a profit from the uh, black yeah. market. Got then that you're point. like, "Well, they're not part of the game. So, what? You know, who? Like, what's the point?" And then you fi- finally figure it out. Oh, okay, I get that the VIPs are funding all of this and they're, they're making money based on, on these rich people. All right. Very good. All right. Whose turn is it? it? That was everybody. Oh, thank you. (laughs) you. I've been debating what I wanted to do for my second one. So I'm going to go ahead and do this because I feel like I want to talk more about sort of like social commentary in the film. And that is, I love how this tackles the myth of meritocracy. So, if you're not familiar with the with the, with meritocracy as an ideology it's I'm not familiar system. with
0: any of that, Anthony, well, please explain it to us.
1: I will be happy to. <laughs> All right, so the myth of meritocracy is this idea, and it's prevalent in American culture, it's prevalent in Western capitalist culture, is this idea that if you work hard enough, you're successful, if you're talented, that you I mean, you will become successful. And the more talented you are, the, the, the quicker you will rise to the top of the social hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And it has everything to do with how determined you are to get to the top. So if you're not successful, it's because you didn't work hard, right? That's the, that's the myth of the meritocracy. And of course, we can, d- d- we can t- tear this thing apart and say, no, it has everything to do with where, where you were born. It has everything to do with your gender and your race and all the other social cultural factors that contribute to success in the United States and uh, we often, as Americans and Western culture and capital society, we often perpetuate this idea that if you are not successful, it's because you're lazy or you're not talented or you don't deserve to be successful. And really, that's not what contributes to your success in society. And Squid Game often depicts this as even the, the guy who's the, the game master is saying like, oh, this is a perfect uh, so this—it's fair for everybody. It's—it's—it's it's, it's equal for everybody. But even in the game, there's corruption, right? Mm-hmm. There's the guys on the side who are trying to sell body parts, so they're giving uh, hints to one guy to win. Uh, the game. The, to... the, the bridge.
0: When he dimmed the lights at the end, I was like, "Turn
1: off you the lo- Oh, you can't do acid. that!" Thank yeah. you so much. You just screwed <laughs> up
0: the game. Like they, they just tri- manipulated yeah. it. Yeah.
1: It's—it's it's such a fantastic. Uh, analogy for the meritocracy myth, right? This idea that we're going to make a fair game where everybody's equal and uh, if you succeed it's because you deserve to succeed. And there's so much corruption from allowing people to kill each other while everyone's sleeping to you know all this other stuff that's going on on the side and the VIPs like kind of getting involved as well. I mean, it's just like, it's such a perfect case study for uh, like the meritocracy myth in a, in a Western capitalistic society. And it's a great way of sort of explaining this to, for example, if I wanted to include it in one of my classes where we watch Squid Game, we can have this conversation. Um, but I, I definitely enjoy, there's so many, I asked I thank you so much for bringing up the fact that he turns off. That's such a great example of, uh, of someone succeeding on their own and then the system interfering in a way that, you know, doesn't allow them to sort of game the system, right? So they were, everyone's attempting to game the system. Like, right? that's the whole point, mm-hmm. right? And then the system itself saying no, right? Um, So, I I, it's, so. it's just, yeah. it's a fantastic Because the guy was the, gla-
0: the glassmaker or whatever, mm-hmm. and he could tell the difference. So I mean, that there was your advantage right there. Like, everybody behind him was good to go, you know? I mean, you could have all went to the to the next round after that and
2: it's it's only like added to for me because like to me when i watch the show it is essentially the whole game and the set- setup for like the people controlling it and everything it is a like company and so it's not even just meritocracy as like society it's a company you're hiring like entry level people who don't know what they're doing and you're pitting them against each other to get further and get higher and then eventually those people end up becoming people like the, the game master who played one and is now trying to keep everybody under him going through the same stuff that he did. So, like, that's, that's your, like, you know, boss that you hate that's like, well, I had to go through this so you are too. Rather than saying, I had to go through this. I know this is messed up. Let me fix it so that when you're coming through, everything works better. And so you just like, you keep going up and up and up and like even the guards and soldiers and stuff are like that middle management who are just there. Which
0: by the way, I would love to know what the application process looked like for those, for those PlayStation guys. You know, know, like do you, are, do you just, are you on like, you know, indeed or in Google trying to find a job and all of a sudden it's like looking for, uh, you know, questionable PlayStation mask man who doesn't ask questions about their job and,
1: We all know you apply to Foot Locker first, and (laughs) once you become management of Foot Locker, you uh, move on to Squid Game. Even the the concept of the undercover boss, right? You had the the main dude who was playing the game with everybody and heavily influencing the outcome of the game. He was so happy
0: the whole time. He was like,
1: I love this game.
0: Yeah
2: and even even kind of like when i was mentioning the south korean like uh the specifics south korea is very 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 anti-union and so that's part of what what makes them like we have anti-union no they have anti-union busters that go in and still like shoot people and like maim them and harm them um which is part of that flashback that we had from the main character and you can think of like when they started busting up the groups that were starting to like you know hold their own and then we're perfecting themselves and making things more difficult anti-union busting that's happening right now. And so it's just, yes, it's entertainment, but there is social commentary that's happening here.
1: Yeah. Very good. Excellent. And once again, we're film scholars, so we're going to uh, dissect this thing. All right. So Lindsay, uh, your next, well, what, what's the, uh, what's your next one you want to talk about here?
2: Well, I guess, uh, kind of, uh, a, a head not to, to bloomer here there is something about dub versus sub that bothers me with this not mm. only because the dub the, the the criminal lady has the most annoying dub voice i have ever heard it is like cartoonishly bad where she is kind of sympathetic and interesting when you watch like subs and given more nuance and stuff when you watch subs, but then you watch the dubs and just the voice itself makes you hater. It is so bad, it, 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 I understand why the need for it is there because there's some people that can't like really keep up with subs. Um, I'm also one of the people that tends to watch like half of my stuff doing something else. And so I do need dubs on occasion so that I can like, you know, over here playing a game or cooking dinner or something and keep up with the show um but it is it is almost a show that is worth watching twice to get a dub version and a sub version to get the differences and see what you miss
0: yeah i did i mean i watched the dub version and the first episode was painful just because i was like well at first i you know i'm like you i was doing something else you know i was you know, I had I had it on this screen over here, and the only reason it even intrigued me is because I have like SNL that'll pop up on my YouTube feeds, and it was like Squid Game SNL, and I'm like, what is this? And I was just because I'd never even heard of Squid Game before, and then I clicked on it and I went, what is, what are they talking about? Like, what is this? And it, I saw that it was recent, and I'm like, okay. And I saw the description, it was on Netflix. I'm like, what is this? So I just I just I just hit play and just had it on on the screen next to me, and I was you know playing Hearthstone or something like that, and. And then I just kind of started looking over it. And by the time, like, the first episode was over, I was in my chair. Hearthstone had already auto-logged out. And I'm sitting here watching this show going, this is not half bad, but
1: it took a minute to get used to the dubs for sure. And uh, so me and, me and Bloomer had this conversation before the show began, and I also watched the dubs. But I kind of i, I went in knowing that the dubs were going to be terrible. So I overlooked it, like psychologically, like I overlooked the dubs as, yes, they're horrible performances. Like the, <laughs> the dubs are terrible in a lot of ways. And it really takes away from like the emotional depth of the characters and what they're dealing with. And there, there's this weird histrionics going on that just doesn't make any sense uh, to what's happening in the, in the show. But knowing that, I was far more focusing on the nonverbal performances of the actors and actresses. So I kind of, I ignored it in a lot of ways. Obviously, I was listening to the narrative, but I was like, I knew it was going to be bad. So it didn't necessarily bother me as much. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Lindsay. Well,
2: I was about to say, it's... it's- like once you get into it and you get used to it it's still okay the the woman's voice still annoyed the hell out of me it oh, no, was bad through. no that um, was
1: 100% bad oh yeah but
2: it is another thing of like you do miss a lot of the really important bits that make understanding what's going on more nuanced because like with her thing I think one of the the, the dubbed version was uh the the quote was uh, I can do everything except what I can or something along those lines. Yeah, and I think one awesome. of the actual like lines from the subbed version was talking about, well, I'm smart. I just didn't get to have education. Oh. And so, yeah, it completely changes her character rather than her just being like this over-the-top braggy all the time, like bold oh. person to... I'm smart, but I just didn't get to have education, which now we now have know there's a backstory of she's an intelligent woman who may have been able to be like a bank broker or something, but didn't have the means to get there. And that's not in the dubbed at all.
3: Yeah, I I can't pretend that I know all the differences because I, I haven't like researched into it, but I've heard that a lot that between the subbed and the dubbed, what happened a lot there were a lot of mistranslations so things that either didn't make sense or they left out key points or just like uh, again a lot of the subtle nuances i went and i watched some of the dub and i what i'd recommend to you guys if you did watch it dubbed and all the way through put on like even part of an episode put find like one of your favorite scenes and go watch it with the sub it is it, it changed drastically for me because same thing I was doing something else I was doing some work at the time so I wasn't watching the first episode like fully fully so I just had it on you know with the the dubs and I was like okay like their mouths don't really match up but whatever it's fine like I don't care I'm busy. So, but there were times where I was just, like, it would catch me. I was, like, oh, that's so awkward. Like, that doesn't sound at all like what you would – like, what? That's – okay. Yeah. Like, because they – just, like, it would be, like, something that's supposed to be dark and dramatic. And it's, like, hey, guys. And it just, like, what? Like, that doesn't fit the feel at all. So, anyways, I watched 99% of it, though, in uh, in sub. And, oh, man, it was, like I, – I was telling you before, Anthony, I took, like, a Sunday and I just, like, watched. I just – I ended up being like, all right, enough work, put that to the side, let's just watch this. And I pretty much binge watched the whole thing. I think I left the last episode for the next day. Other than that, I mean, it was, it was fantastic. Like it was so, so much more dramatic. I was so much more into it. But I mean, I'm also a guy that with anime, if they've got it, I'll always choose to watch the the subtitle version over a dub. Other than fairy tale, that's my one exception. But
2: with anime, you get burned too many times by the dub. You have to watch this. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair point. There's definitely several moments throughout the the film when you're watching with the dub that it takes away from the emotional impact. Like there's one particular scene that I'm thinking of when the The husband ends up having to kill his wife right because mm-hmm. they're on the team together. and he says something to the point of, are you guys not human? Like he says it like that and you're like, ooh. yeah, like that's not a good performance. like but it's all it's all the dubs performance. It's the voice actor that's doing it and it just doesn't gel well with what's happening.
3: I swear it almost felt like with the parts I I didn't watch the whole thing dub by any means, but the parts that I did just like check to see what it was like. I, I swear it was like, they didn't give them any context. They just like literally, here's your lines, voice record them with like no like parentheses, yeah. like angry or anything like that. And they would just say the line the way they thought. And then they just like, okay, yeah. take it, put it in. We got it. And meanwhile, it was like, yeah, dramatic upset moments. They're they're saying almost like happily or, or like this is a moment where it could have been happy, but it was a little more just like, almost like, I don't know, like broken up choppy feeling.
0: Now, and, some
3: of the VIPs spoke English
2: at yes. the end. Yes. So,
0: yeah. I, I mean, if I was watching the dub version, and I just happened to catch, like, oh, his mouth is matching his words. Like, I just, I just happened to notice it. And so, I mean, those were fun.
1: Yeah. But. Yeah, fantastic. Excellent. All right. So, uh, oh, that, that gives me more credence in the fact that yeah, most of like, the VIPs, VIPs were white. Who are they? anyways all right Thank so gosh. anyways so moving on to whose turn is it now uh bloomer right bloomer oh what's your what's your next one well
3: I was gonna talk subs versus stubs but because I think we just touched on that one let's uh like spur of the moment here just like let's put a, a moral dilemma to each of you the marble situation mm. tough one right what would have been your game of choice what mm. marbles game would you have played
0: Out of the ones that
3: we saw or just in general? No, it could be whatever. Don't forget. Like, literally, we saw it. It was just all the rule was and this is uh, kind of going to lead into my last topic so like you know don't go too deep on this part but is that there was always ways around what the game was it's like it puts them on like an even level what's so interesting is how often it was like hey let's figure out a different way of doing this so that we can win for example the like little chisel out thing well hey i'm just gonna lick the candy until it pops out that's no one there was never like you have to do it this way there was, it was just win just, the game or get you the have to do it. Yeah. So, so with the marbles thing, there was no, it was just you had to hold the, your partner's 10 marbles at the end. That's why we saw with the, you uh, not use the main character, but yeah, and you're right, without using violence. Yeah. So that's why we saw the, uh, the main character's best friend there trick. Uncle. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll trust your expertise on the names. I'll whoosh, you know, but they, uh, they he tricked them plain and simple he tricked them and uh it was within the rules because there was no violence but uh, he never won a game but what would you guys have done like would you have tried to make like a fair marbles game would you try and be a little more thinking ahead would you just be like the hey let's do it all one shot boom let's talk for 30 minutes and like you know live live my memory on like what would you have done
1: so i think this Mm. was like this was constantly what i was thinking when i was watching these games i was like coming up with strategies of how I would handle the game. And the Marvel situation, it just felt like you just have to, like, pick somebody to die. Like, it has to be a random selection. Because, I mean, what do what you – you're not you're going to trick somebody. Obviously, these people don't really – they don't really know each other. They're not, they're not like, like real f- friends. But it's just like one of those things where, you know, at what point – do you want to survive and to what point do you want to like die with some sort of like honor or dignity and like that's the debate that was happening right and the one dude the best friend he just wanted he he didn't care about tricking or or honor or anything like that he just wanted to uh flat out can we can we argue that he didn't really have any redeemable qualities did he have redeemable qualities i guess at the very end he kind of he took his own life that was sort of like the the Darth Vader death ending. Yeah. right. Of sort of like but okay, he had some pretty re-
3: negative qualities first. Like, let's be honest. I mean, going back to my first point, you didn't have to kill people off. And he tried to kill off his teammates. Like when with the uh again with the little candy one, yep. like he figured out what the game was. He should have been like, guys, we all go for this one. It's the easiest one. We're the most likely to do it. Let's, you know, as a team, let's just really take our time and be smart. Instead, he's like, ah, "I don't know. Why don't we all choose a different one? Who's gonna take the umbrella?" <laughs> like, you know, that's that's a pretty negative. That's a bad best friend. Let me tell you.
0: Yeah.
1: But. And then he actually ends up killing the girl. Like, he stabs her in the neck. I mean, yeah. At, at a certain point, like, yeah. So obviously, you know, we're all having. We, uh, you kind of have to ask yourself, like, how far would you be willing to go to win? And I, I think for me, like. I wouldn't, like, it's just, I wouldn't go that far. Like, I I wouldn't, like, I would rather die with dignity than than do all this, all that other stuff. Yeah, I kind of, I'm kind
0: of on the lines, like, with the two girls, you know, just let's let's have a nice conversation. You know, you go first, and then whoever goes second either gets to try to live or just to, you know what, never mind. I'll just, you can have it, you know, just think yeah, about I, it. <laughs> think about me later, you know, it's okay.
3: I agree I, with the one shot system. I wouldn't yeah. want to spend half an hour doing something like Marvels. That'd be terrible. Uh-uh.
2: And I do think it is. It's not. It is how much you want to die and how you or, or how much you want to live or die and how uh, much honor you want to die with, should you die. But let's be real. Like, there were some people that knew each other. There was like the husband and wife that were paired up, and so it, it also is dependent on who you end up paired with. Because it could be somebody that you actually know and have a deep connection with. It could be somebody that you're f- starting to form a deep connection with. Because, um, I mean, our, our, the main character and The Old Man had a connection that was forming. A friendship that was based on a lie, but was forming at least for the main character. So that makes things a little bit trickier. Um, so, like, I no clue. It is so situational that I don't think I could give an answer.
3: That's that's fair. So, but we're going even more depth than I I actually meant for this to go. Don't get me wrong. How trickery level. I'd love to tell you guys like from my own perspective. Oh, I'd be so honorable. Are you kidding me? They're going to, I just saw the dude beside me get his brains blown out and like, you Mm. random person who i've known for three days like listen you seem nice but like i want to live here so i'm gonna do everything in my power i bet you like again i don't want to i'd love to tell you guys honorable noble but what i meant is would you guys like play marbles would you do like acid like the one shot like let's just throw a ball who's closest to the wall is the winner like that's that's what i would say just like more I, i would do like a one shot just be done and then but, like, yeah. do, like, what the girls did. Like, take the half hour. Like, let's talk. Like, listen, one of us is done. Our One of our stories is over at this point. Like, let's yeah. help each other live on that way. Yeah. Let's-
0: but knowing, knowing that they, well, up, at least up until this point, knowing that they kept everybody on equal ground. And knowing that and everybody paired up except for Crazy Lady, I mean, if, uh, honestly, if I knew that, I wouldn't have, what confused, because I went, okay, let me back up. I was confused by her reaction. Like, oh, no, I'm not picked. I'm going to die. I'm not picked. I'm going to die. And my first thought was, no, you're not. Because if. Well, you don't know that.
1: She, I mean, they could have easily just killed her off.
0: Well, and they could have. but my But my first thought was, well, if they're trying to do what they say and keep this equal and you're unable to play. That is unfair, and that is not, you know, that's not, not giving her a chance at all. Like you just don't get a chance; you're dead. Like that. I did not see that happening. I went, and when they drug her off, I went, she's probably gonna be alive after all this is over. Like I just, I knew it. I was like, one because she's just
3: that annoying, but
0: (laughs) but second, I was like, this is this is probably. She's probably I, alive. And I when showed her in the room, I was like, yeah. Nah,
3: I figured that she was also going to live when she was, like, freaking out. But, again, you can understand from her perspective. Like, I mean, again, how many hundred people have died at mm-hmm. this point? You know they're killing people. There's no yeah. surprise here. And it's like, well, you weren't picked. You know? Like, uh-oh. So you can yeah. understand, like, from her perspective, her freaking out. Sure. And when she yeah. was brought back, I'm sure it was, like, the greatest sigh of relief she could have possibly had. But... Mm-hmm.
0: And then, like, dude, like, was, uh, I'd assume that she was dead. And it was I don't have to see that crazy lady anymore. You know, <laughs> it's like, she's going to be gone. I don't have to worry about her. And then the look on his face after he sees her back in the yeah. room. It's like, yeah, that's it.
1: She definitely, she helped out a lot of people on that uh, glass bridge. Yeah, she did. Because yeah, that was did. a bad spot for her to be, to be in. Just the dude refusing to play the game, right? That's another thing about meritocracy. What do you have? You have a dude who's just refusing to play the game where you can't even play it. Like even like those disruptions mm-hmm. in the game itself. All right. Very good. All right, uh, Asa, We'll go ahead and go to you. What's uh, what's one thing you want to talk about? Okay. Well,
0: this show better have a second season. Otherwise, my next point is very confusing. So, the cop, the this undercover is my, This is my man. number
1: one. This is my number one. False
0: hope. I get I get false hope. That's fine. F- I like or false closure, whatever you want to call it. You know, like when he, you know, when you realize that he's not going to make it and the text didn't go through. I mean, it's like okay, well, this opens it up for you know maybe season two right? or whatever they're going to do with it. Um, but if not, I'm like, come on, man, you got to give me some closure. You can't just keep this going, you know, and not tell us. Either more, like again, more with the VIPs, or more with the. You know, I need more information. Um, it just, it just wouldn't make sense. I just think it's phenomenal how he was able to infiltrate um, the PlayStation people um, <laughs> without being caught um, earlier on. Um, with, I mean, they had scanner guns and they were tagging people. I'm like, dude, there's no way you didn't. They didn't know. Like, there's. I mean, I don't know. And that's just kind of my. I I don't know. I I guess I didn't agree with his story. I think I I had some
3: flaws with it too because there was a lot of times like they were like, oh, you didn't show up to this and this and that. And I was like, see, there's too many people realizing things. But then I give them credit because when I was getting angry with the fact that, like, when they were going down the, the thing and he's like, don't touch that, it's a bomb. And like, I'm like, the guy's done this a hundred times. Why is he like, okay, explaining it to him this <laughs> right. time? You know, I was like, that, that really makes no sense. This. But then when they got down, then it was very quick discovered. Like he is aware. He knows it's not you or yeah. not who it's supposed to be. Now, was it the smartest way to deal with it? Of course not. I would say the one-on-one confrontation with somebody is probably not the best in a situation like that. However, at least they acknowledged that his cover did get and, blown and things
0: And like it that. was his brother. Yeah. It was like, uh, he's been looking for his brother. And I'm, this was the dumbest way to reveal that you found your brother in this situation. You know, Like, oh, i have gone. I've, I've heard about this thing. I'm, I'm going after to find my brother to see if he's dead or alive. And, and all of a sudden, you know, Dr. Doom is your brother. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, really? Come on. I mean, you even found the, the picture of him, you know, that he was a contestant. Yeah, and I'm sorry, if I was a contestant on a squid game and I won, that's the last place I would be. I I would definitely not come back as Doctor Doom and try to manage the whole thing. It's not gonna yeah. happen. I'd be on the other island across the, the sea, you know, enjoying my my Tai and hour long massages every two hours, you know. It'd be great.
1: <laughs> so Well Lindsay, I know you have, as they say in the business, a hard out and you gotta get out of here soon. So we'll go ahead and let's go ahead and go to you and let's let's give you your final word on squid game.
2: Uh, just I think my last thing was is a is a frustration that is I don't know if it's just because I've watched too much media you know at some point you've watched enough stuff that you see things start happening way before they actually do of how obvious it was at least for me that the old man was had some weird shit going on with him oh really like, yeah, I, yeah. Not,
1: I had no idea i did not i did not see that because
2: it was i guess it was just my paranoia maybe even for like the very first game with the the red light green light and how unnaturally happy he was, <laughs> yeah, he was. and how quickly he just picked up and just like went with like no question of like there's he he knew something it's like for me, I knew something was going on. I think, like, initially, I thought maybe it might be something kind of like the organ donor or organ uh, stealing, I guess, a doctor. Um, but just so seeing how he acted from the dementia ridden, I need to count the people to keep my brain working. Uh, When we first see him to him just like laughing and smiling and like running past the dead bodies without like thinking twice. Um, It was it was so obvious. And then I still don't know what to think about the kind of Island of Dr. Moreau reveal for him of like we do this so that we can see if there's goodness in people. So we just like pit them against each other to kill each other over and over and over again. It feel, felt almost heavy-handed in some ways, like the explanation that they gave for a show that could be as nuanced as it was for the rest of the runtime. Um, so it felt like there was something missing. Maybe it'll be in a season two. Um, maybe they will try to like explain it a little bit more. Uh, that is the one episode that I watched only in dub and not in sub, so maybe there's even something in in sub that that I missed. I will admit that, but it just felt so heavy-handed at that point.
1: Yeah, the re- the way I read that at the very end is I read it as bullshit, like I read it as this old man's bullshit. That so that's kind of how I interpret it as like it's the perfect representation of someone attempting. To make something fair, but it's clearly not fair. And like mm-hmm. for him to think that it's some he's somehow doing something good for society by making it a game, and how the the game itself is just as bad as sort of like the supposed real world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, that's kind of how I read it. But I could definitely see. I shot it to writer's block. I just think they didn't know what they
0: were doing at
3: the end. Yeah, didn't know what they were gonna do. No, <laughs> right, they didn't. It Listen did feel. Out. It did feel kind of like as they were just adding it for the sake of like ah yeah. surprise twist. Gotcha. Yeah, did we gotcha. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah, no. we got yeah. you. Got you. Okay. <laughs> no. no, that
0: was, they could have instead of putting that, however long that was, they could have given us VIP background information instead.
2: See, I'm I'm gonna like argue with you on that point. I don't want any more information on the VIP. I think they are meant to be this monolithic, unlikable group that you give more like showtime time to and you try to make them human somehow and it detracts from what they're supposed to be to the larger story because if all of a sudden you understand why they're doing it and you're like okay i could see why like how i could do that too then then it takes away from some of the the like hard hitting points that's trying to make through the rest of the series all
1: right well i i kind of re- i kind of agree with that
0: i like, <laughs> I like to know all my information I'm, I'm, I have to know
3: everything. I have to know it all before I can enjoy <laughs> I, it fully. I guarantee you there's obviously going to be a season two and probably a season absolutely. three and four as well. So, as well as it is. I
2: so bad. I oh,
3: absolutely. Uh, normally when I see a show on Netflix go to number one, it's like it's there for a day, maybe three days. And this is It's been number one for like three weeks here in Canada. Yeah. So like, you know, it's there. And then you'll get the two.
0: American version of it uh, in about a year or two from now. It'll be, yeah. Uh,
2: and it'll be 10 times as bad. It'll, it'll was, be called the like...
0: octopus game. And, it'll be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it'll, so, it'll be less
3: the... obvious. Hop scotch of death. Something <laughs> like scotch that. You know, like... Right.
1: So How am, I, am I the only one? M- maybe I'm the only one that has this opinion, but I kind of wanted this to be a one shot. Like I wanted this to be like a one shot thing, even with the ambiguous ending. Like if you wanted to like the, so where he turns around and goes back. Like I even think, what, even ending with that, I think is fine, um, and and any sort of, in my opinion, any sort of second season, I think, has a risk of diminishing, the powerfulness of the of the show. Lindsay, I think you agree with that.
2: Yeah, I I honestly think it's best as a one shot, or one season show. I think um, that it was honestly the way it was originally written, even, of intending this to be the only season however we know how money works in the film industry and now that's made so much money even if the showrunner and the writers don't come back they're gonna make another one um which is the unfortunate truth um but i do think just with how it was written and and the powerfulness of the reveals that do happen you're not going to get that with the second season it's gonna turn into like action movie. Let's go fight the bad guys and break down the the, the games. You're not gonna get the like slow burn kind of reveals and and yep. twists. Um, you might get one or two, but not a whole season's worth. So
3: you can definitely see they left enough open ended storylines where they were like, hey, maybe season two. Like ah, we'll see. And it's exactly <laughs> what you just said, Lindsay. At the end of the day they they look at their bank accounts they go oh look at that extra zero that just got added on like hey who's got season two like i guarantee someone is already writing at least something for it like i guarantee it
1: yeah uh yeah i agree i agree with that um but yeah all right Lindsay. i know you have to go if you have to go or or hang around as, as much as you can but um
2: yeah. Sorry for dipping out. been fun talking to all of y'all, but uh, oh, I still got work in the morning. <laughs> do
0: I need to go to the three-man show? Hang on.
2: Yeah, I don't, got I gotta Don't up go up yet, so I can make AM. it look
0: really cool after you. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a great transition. Yeah. While
1: acid's doing that, I'll go ahead and do Here's my number a placeholder one. Now. So my number my number one is very similar to Acid's. I kind of wanted to extend what he was talking about with the cop storyline. I feel like the cop storyline left us with a uh an underdeveloped conclusion like it's to the point uh, once again i'm okay with ambiguousness in tv shows but you set up this whole storyline where he infiltrates infiltrates the actual um the the game he's getting all this information and at the end he just ends up getting shot and dies and that's it that's just going to be the end of his story and the fact that he's the brother of the game master you're like we're really not going to address this we're not going to talk about what this means we're not going to talk about why this guy was willing to kill his own brother to keep the game going like i i just felt like there was some loose ends that could have been explained or sort of addressed rather than doing the whole twist ending at the end which i agree with you bloomer i do feel like it was kind of like like uh M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, here you go. Yeah. He was dead the whole time. Yeah, like, you didn't, didn't like...
3: expect this, did ya? <laughs> uh, did ya? <laughs> like Yeah,
1: yeah no, and I, uh, I yeah, I do feel like the whole cop story, like it was it was far more interesting and far more intricate to the story to just leave on this weird ending with with, with no real you're not really you didn't tie anything up at all. And I felt like that so was this definitely is...
3: This is just me not remembering well. So he gets, if I uh, like, you know, obviously we've talked spoilers, so it's fine. Uh, he gets shot, falls off the cliff, right? Is that like, and then he splashes in the water. Is he like, that's what we saw as dead. We didn't see like a shark rip him in two or anything like that. Because yeah, so that's, a
1: very, that's a very good point. And I mean, is, he
3: should be dead. Obviously he should be should dead, be,
1: yeah.
3: but it's also, you know, it's television. Right. So, I mean, yeah. Next thing we know, he comes back with a, a peg leg and he's like, all right, I fought a shark and now I'm a pirate. And but here's <laughs> the now the cops are with me, but they don't trust me because I only have one leg. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to, yeah. know,
0: I, I just yeah, so worry. What
1: was like that. that sort of like a cliffhanger for season two? Then then that makes me not like it at all. Right.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. They should I have just like, had
3: closure and have been done with it. Yeah, I feel like, though, they really wanted to make sure so things like why is his brother now like that head, uh, whatever his role was, but like the head in charge on the ground person, Uh, like there's stuff like that bringing now that that uh, our main character or the hero of the story, he got out and he got all that money. Did he get himself out of trouble? Is he going to be really any better? Like we heard he hadn't touched the money. But he must have touched it because you know he must have at the very least paid off the loan sharks and stuff. Otherwise, he'd still be getting hunted down by them. So, well, he like, did.
1: He did touch the money at the end because he gave it to uh, his friend's mother.
3: Yeah, and I know that that he uh, gave at least a certain amount to her. Who knows how much? But they said specifically in the show though at one point, like the bank got in touch with him and was like, "Hey, you, we noticed you haven't touched your money." Right. Mm-hmm. And we're like, "Well, again, we know he touched it. We even saw him take out like the $10 whatever like I know it's like 10 cents Canadian or whatever but like (laughs) I mean he he, we saw him touch the money so I mean I just don't know where but I'm just saying like we know we're gonna see like I think now like stage two him going back and what is his role now and does he get treated now that he's like alumni or is he now gonna wear like a circle on his face and wear the mask and if he comes back three years in a row and gets, you know, employee of the month, he gets promoted to a triangle. Like, I don't know. I think, I think that's where the second season is going to lay more in though is understanding what the actual squid games are, how they work, who's like, who's running it more like the VIP talk. We were talking about acid, like just all of that, I think is where season two is going. And I would love to see that.
1: All right. Well, very good. That was my final one. So Bloomer, we'll go ahead <clears throat> and get to your final thing that you want to talk about with Squid Game.
3: Oh my goodness! I feel like truthfully we we've throughout kind of touched on everything I was going to yeah. talk about today. However, um, I did have one last thought on all of that, and what was it? It was. Now I'm gonna. I should have written something down. That would have been way smarter. Um, I uh, okay. We nice. talked to the We talked with that. It was. Oh man, I don't even remember. So let's let's go on a, a different tangent here as well. So we talked a little bit about the glass game before, yeah. and I I gotta say that one I loved it, but I hated that one. It was because it didn't make sense with the rest of the the Squid Games because every other one, again, they were based on kids games. That one wasn't. It's yeah. also the first one where the actual game master, like you talked about, the turn off the lights. That's the first time the game master changed the rules midway through or, well, at the end, but midway through, which is, again, that was totally against the whole point of it. So there was just like a few things like that where I was just like, as much as I thought it was cool and like graphically, it looked phenomenal. Like at the end when all the glasses blowing up and like it looked cool. It was a great concept, but I found the actual game itself. I was like, you couldn't think of like a sixth game or or was it just purely for the cinematography of that
1: and and another thing that uh that i think is worth bringing up is let's say like realistically practically speaking you design that as being one of the games you're really overlooking the idea that everyone ends up dying and then what yeah what if everyone you get well there's like 10 people there or whatever 16 people what if everyone dies then they, well, like, what are you going to do then? Then you don't have any more of the game left. Yeah. So it's just really, it's a, the actual logic of the game didn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, and, and the fact that so many people did end up surviving to the very end had everything to do with the way it was just written
3: yeah but even like i mean i forget if it was yourself anthony or if it was acid but i think it was you that said why not like on the glass like why didn't they just jump onto the two sides like at the very least like let me tell you guys if i know i'm i'm number one now and i'm the first one going the first thing i'm doing i'm deciding in my strategy am i doing like a split leg trying to land on the two sides and balance and like hold on to anything if the glass does even break or I'm going to full commit to grabbing one side and I'm grabbing the railing. I'm doing, I don't care. I cut my arm on some glass. Whoop-dee-doo. I'm holding on to that thing like with a death grip because otherwise I'm going to fall right through the center of the glass. And Hey, look how far of a fall that is. I'm probably dead. Uh, you know, I mean, I'd rather have to like crawl, get to the next glass, crawl on top of it, take a little breather, go. You know what I mean? Like there were other yeah. ways to do it and it, if your life was on the line literal you knew i am going to die if i don't do this you're going to be thinking outside the box a little
1: yeah 100 percent agree with that <clears throat> all right bloomer uh, so let's go ahead and move on to ask what's your final one all right so my final one and what i think is
0: the at least the most interesting part um, about this whole movie i mean the games are great you know i mean the whole show was great but what i found the most intriguing was the process of recruiting these people with the little flip the thing game and then slapping them and just (laughs) like that especially seeing him doing it at the beginning and then watching him watch the other guy through the subway window of the guy doing it to somebody else and just seeing those parallels and just how how far will you go before you Stop getting slapped, and they none of them ever did until they won the game. And I, I just I don't know. I, I mean, I, I can't speak from experience, and I don't. I can't say that I would do one way or the other. But if given the same scenario, would you let just somebody keep slapping you? You know, for however much money that was, like a thousand dollars or a hundred or whatever it was 101 i
3: don't know like i said if for a thousand dollars you could slap me twice buddy i want you to know (laughs) that right now okay like if you told me right now bloomer i'm gonna slap you twice they're gonna be good slaps watch out but every time you let me slap you twice i'm gonna give you a thousand dollars like your boy bloomer's gonna figure out how many slaps he can take before he drops because that's a thousand dollars each or not even a hundred dollars, I'd probably be like, "All right, let's see. Like, let's brace for the first one. Okay, yeah, I can. That is worth fifty dollars." But the sure.
0: psychological <laughs> aspect of that game itself, yeah. and it happened mm-hmm. to the first, and it happened the first time with the main, the main guy, is he did it so many times, he lost so many times, and that the point where he finally won. Yeah. The only thing he could think about in that moment was slapping that other guy. Yeah. Like he was ready to, oh, it's my turn. Ah, 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 boom. And he was gonna slap me, and went, nope, here's the money. And he was like, Oh yeah. There was money involved, wasn't there? And like, yeah. and then he took the money and and the card and you know, the rest is history. I just I found that very intriguing.
1: Yeah, it just it kind of sort of shows how they're just so used to being abused. Like they're just so used to society just inflicting punishment punishment on them and they're just oh yeah that's right uh there's, there's a point to this whole thing right uh, which is a, definitely a good point well there you go that was our review of the squid game we talked about all kinds of great things the games we talked about meritocracy all that kind of stuff. all right so um, acid let's go ahead and skip trivia because this episode was pretty long so we'll go ahead and end the show yeah. here so Bloomer, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Do you have Anything you want to say? No, I, as always, guys.
3: I really appreciate the invite. I love getting a chance to sit down and chat with you guys about uh, some of my favorite topics. Squid Games, like I said, I I got the I was gonna watch it over like any other show over a week or two weeks or whatever loved it sat down watched it for like nine and a half ten hours straight <laughs> no, so like
0: two days i was like it, yep that was good.
3: yeah like so uh, i was super stoked when uh when you reached out and told me hey we're talking squid games you interested so yeah thanks so much for
1: having me guys
3: yeah
0: next Very we'll do good. the
3: second season of the witcher
1: <laughs> there you go all right excellent all right so that was our show once again you can check us out on youtube like and subscribe and all that kind of stuff you can also check us out wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to us in podcast form uh, for a producer, acid train for Bloomer and all his guitars. I'm Anthony and R. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, everybody.